everyone. It's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, we are going to be looking at how to break free from comfort zone Christianity. Now, you probably know what I'm talking about when I say comfort zone Christianity, living in a self-protective bubble and just sort of taking the principles of God's word only so far as they keep us in that comfort zone. We are not called to live that way, and yet so many of us find ourselves there. So we're going to dive into that today. Now, for those of you who may not have heard yet, this month at setapartgirl.com, we just launched our very first online course called Fearless Living. And I am so excited about this because in this course, I share my own journey to overcome the grip of fear and be set free from those what ifs that we so often struggle with. And one of the key principles that I share in the online course is my journey to begin stepping out of my own comfort zone and learning how to take risks for God. And it's something that I refer to as courageous living. Courageous living is so different than comfort zone Christianity. And that is what I want to look at in today's podcast. In our modern culture, we are constantly bombarded by messages that encourage us to look out for our own interests and live in self-protection and self-preservation. I remember going recently to a medical facility that had all of these alternative things that you could do to preserve your life and your health and live 10 years longer or live 50 years longer. It was amazing. They probably had 50 different treatments, machines, gadgets, diet programs, regimens that you could do to try to preserve your life and be healthier. And while I don't think it's wrong to take care of your health, it's really easy to get carried away with those things and really build your whole life around having a more comfortable existence while you're here on this planet, as opposed to stepping out of that comfort zone and be willing to live a poured out life for God. It's easy from our culture to get the impression that if we are not completely obsessed with chasing after our career, securing our financial future, making provision for our own well-being and comfort, then we're not really being wise. Women are often told that they need to be careful not to over-serve their families or the other people in their lives so that they can preserve their own strength and energy. They don't want to become burned out and frazzled, so don't serve too much. Put a limit around how much you serve others. We're told that we need to protect our health, our money, and our me time, and our dreams, and our plans above everything else. I want to contrast these mentalities with some glimpses into very courageous Christians throughout Christian history. And there are countless stories like these, but these are just a few that I want to highlight for you today. Some of you may have heard the story from the 1700s about the two missionaries from Germany who decided to sell themselves into slavery to go to this Caribbean island that was completely cut off from the outside world and there were hundreds of slaves on this island and the owner of the island and of the industry that the island had decided he did not want any gospel influence among these slaves, nothing to do with God. And so these slaves were going to spend the rest of their lives without any exposure to the gospel. So these two young men decided to sell themselves as slaves so that they could go live among those slaves and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine 
what they would have been thinking as their ship pulled away from the dock and their friends and family members were saying goodbye, probably for the very last time. And their words were, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Can you imagine how different of a mentality that is from our self-preservation mode that most of us are living in right now? To give up everything, every comfort, every hope um, of a comfortable future just to be able to reach those people with the gospel. What an incredible testimony. Some of you probably know the backstory from the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. A lot of us grew up with that song. If you study where that came from, it was from a village in India in the early 1900s where a villager had decided to give his life to Christ, he and his family, but the rest of the Indians in that village were very hostile to the gospel. And the chief of the village said to the man, if you do not renounce your faith in Christ, we are going to kill your family and kill you. And he said, I have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. And so in response, they killed his children. And then he said, they said to him, if you do not renounce your faith, we're going to kill your wife. And he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. And so they killed his wife and eventually they killed him as well. And he continued to say that statement, I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. And some of the other words to the song came from the words that he spoke that day. But he was so courageous and so sacrificial in giving up his family and giving up his life for the cause of the gospel that the entire village ended up turning to Christ as a result. And you've probably heard me tell the story of Sabina Wormbrandt, who made a decision when the communists were invading Romania, which is where she and her husband Richard were pastoring a church. When they invaded, she had to make a decision. Does she want to choose the easy path of a secure and comfortable life with her husband and her child? Or did she want to encourage her husband to take a bold stand for Christ and have him end up in prison? She herself could end up in prison and their family would not be together anymore. And they were sitting in a pastor's convention and she she heard the name of Jesus Christ being dragged through the mud because these pastors were speaking the words that the communists had put pressure on them to speak. And she was so upset by it that she told her husband to to go up there and wipe the shame from Christ's face. And he said, if I do, they will kill me and you will no longer have a husband. And she said, I, will, I would rather have a dead man for, for a husband than a coward. Such powerful words. And she said later, those were not my words, but they were given to me for that moment. So making that decision to not say, I'm going to protect my own comforts, but to say, I'm going to protect the name of the King of all kings, even at the expense of my happiness and comfort and well-being. And she paid dearly for that decision, and yet it was a decision that she never regretted. And of course, you know the story of Elizabeth Elliot after her husband and his fellow missionaries were killed by the Aka Indians, going back to the very people who had caused her husband's death, taking her young daughter with her, putting her own life at risk to share the gospel with them. Now, these are just a few quick glimpses into Christian history, but these Christians all had one thing in common. They were willing to lay down their own comforts and even their very lives and take risks for God. Self-protection and self-preservation wasn't even in the equation. It wasn't even on their radar screen. So I want to ask us and challenge all of us to grapple with the question, has God called us to hunker down and protect our own interests? 
or to willingly spill out everything, including our very life's blood, in order to fulfill the great commission and bring him glory through our lives. The book of Revelation talks about saints of God who triumphed through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And that is such a powerful statement. When we love our lives, it causes us to shrink not only from death, but from all forms of discomfort. But Jesus says, if we seek to save our life, we will lose it. But when we lose our life for his sake, we will find it. So obviously, God's pattern is very different from this hunker down and protect your own interest message that is so popular today. Now, again, it's not wrong to make decisions for your health or, you know, to for your financial future, but so many of us, that's the only thing that we're building our lives around. And we cling too tightly to those things and we won't step out of our comfort zones because we don't want to lose those things. And that's when we know we are not living the courageous life that God has called us to live. We are living in comfort zone Christianity. So God has called us to so much more than that self-protective bubble. Comfort zone Christianity is basically refusing to answer his call upon our lives. Because in Matthew 10, Jesus describes this perilous, risk-taking life that we are called to live. He said, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, and you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. That is a pretty clear statement as to the kind of life we're called to live. It's not this comfortable, easy path in which everyone loves us and we have everything that we want in life. He says that we will be like sheep in the midst of wolves, hated by all for his name's sake. And yet those of us who have chosen to follow him radically to step out of comfort zone Christianity realize there's nowhere else we would rather be. It reminds me of the story of David when he was on the run for Saul in the Old Testament. There was a time when the people of Israel had to choose which king they were going to serve. David had been anointed as the king of Israel, but Saul was still on the throne. And Saul was obsessed with stamping out David and destroying him. And he was on the run for his life and he had to live in a cave. Saul was in control of the kingdom. He wanted to kill David and anyone who would show loyalty to David was guilty of treason and would very likely be killed. So those who were willing to remain under Saul's rule could just enjoy an easy, comfortable life. They wouldn't be persecuted or have to live in hardship. But there were some people in Israel who refused to choose their own comforts over loyalty to the true king. They became dissatisfied serving a false king. Now they knew that choosing to serve David would mean leaving their security and their comforts behind and choosing a life of difficulty over a life of ease. To join David, it meant they had to live in a cave. They had to be exiles. They probably had to use rocks for their pillows. They were on Saul's most wanted list. They were basically running for their lives. And yet these men were so discontent living under Saul's rulership that they became willing to give up everything in order to serve the one true king. So they made that courageous choice to get out of their comfort zones, to go to David and to pledge their lives to serve him. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 22. Now, when these brave men left Saul's camp to dwell in the cave with David, 
their lives were not easy. They were hunted. They were hated, just like David was. And it's so similar to what happens when we choose to radically follow after Christ. We will be treated the way he was, and he was hated and despised. These men took on David's reproach, and they became known as traitors, just the way David was. And yet they developed such a deep, unshakable loyalty to their king that nothing else mattered but honoring and serving him. And it's interesting because David's name actually means beloved and his followers treated him as their beloved. They knew that even with all of its risks and hardships, serving David was the most fulfilling and amazing life they could ever choose. There's a really cool, amazing story from this time period where some of David's men powerfully demonstrated their love and loyalty towards him during something Uh, that took place when David was living in the cave. It was when the Philistines had taken control of much of Israel and the Philistines were holding the town of Bethlehem, which was the place of David's birth. And David made a comment, possibly just an offhanded comment, but he said, oh, that someone would give me water from the well of Bethlehem by the gate. Now, it would have been a death mission for David to send his men to that well because it was surrounded by enemy soldiers. His statement was probably more just wishful thinking, but his men only lived to serve and honor their king, and they were willing to get out of their comfort zone to serve his slightest desire. So as soon as they heard that he had the desire to have water from that well, three of his men sprang into action. They It says that they broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. And then David would not drink it. It said he poured it out before the Lord and he said, far be it from me that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who put their lives in jeopardy for at the risk of their lives, they brought it. So this is an awe-inspiring example of men who never said this far and no further. They said, I will go to any length. I will give up my very life's blood to serve and honor my true king. And it, it causes me to ask the question, do I possess that kind of loyalty to my true king, Jesus Christ? It's something we all need to grapple with because comfort zone Christianity is so common today. Are we willing to become so radically devoted to Christ that we will gladly exchange the comforts of Saul's kingdom for the difficulties and dangers of David's cave? Do we love Christ so much that we'll become numbered among the hunted and despised along with him? Are we willing to charge straight into the most deadly peril at risk of our own lives simply to honor his slightest request? It's easy to sit in church and sing songs about Jesus, to write about him on our blog, to talk about him to other believers. But when the true test of loyalty comes, we often choose personal comfort over radical abandon to him. We might take a few small risks for our king, but if he asked for a drink from a well that was surrounded by enemy warriors, we'd usually reason if I went that far in my devotion to him, I'd be putting myself at risk. I'd be making myself vulnerable to discomfort and pain. I might even get killed. I can't give up everything for him. It's just not 
reasonable. How many times have we either consciously or subconsciously had those thoughts? But we need to remember that Jesus Christ gave everything for us and he is asking if we will give him everything in return. The Bible is filled with clear reminders that we are not called to a life of ease, but to become faithful soldiers for Christ. We are called to endure hardship for his sake into fellowship in his sufferings. That if we desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will suffer persecution. At the end of Paul's life, he doesn't say, I have had a lot of fun. I have lived a comfortable life. I have achieved my personal dreams. Instead, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, we have to get outside our American sensibilities in order to get in step with God and get out of comfort zone Christianity. Now, this doesn't mean that living in a comfortable home is wrong, but it does mean that we are not supposed to build our lives around the pursuit of self-preservation and self-comfort and security. Taking risks for God is part of the Christian life that we are called to live. Now, this can be as simple as reaching out to someone who is unsaved in your life and beginning to boldly share the gospel, or it can be as big as a major life change like adopting a child or becoming a full-time missionary. The key here is willingness and yieldedness to God, laying down your own agenda in exchange for his. When you evaluate your daily decisions and future plans, ask yourself whether you're reasoning from a grid of self-protection or... Are you willing to take risks for the sake of the gospel? Once you make that decision to step out of your comfort zone and begin living a lifestyle of courage and giving and poured out service for God, then life becomes a grand, fulfilling adventure instead of a dull, predictable, self-centered routine. And that daily adventure is the way God intended us to live. So some final thoughts that I want to share with you. If you've been living in a self-protective bubble, I encourage you to prayerfully consider ways in which God might be calling you to get out of your comfort zone and begin taking risks for his glory. Ask him to show you what that means for your life and your situation. Is there someone you need to witness to today? Is there an outreach that you need to say yes to? Is there someone you are called to sacrificially love? Is God asking you to cheerfully give of your money or material possessions or your time or energy or health in order to further his kingdom. Whatever he calls you to, don't cower in self-protection. Choose by his grace to embrace that path of self-denial instead and allow him to infuse you with his heavenly courage. And if you'd like to gain an in-depth scriptural vision for a courageous life, for laying down anxiety and taking up that courageous, risk-taking, outward-focused life that God has called you to, I invite you to join me for our new online course called Fearless Living, which is available at setapartgirl.com. And during the month of August, it's available at a special price. And also, if you join us during the month of August, you'll have the opportunity to join a live stream with me where you can ask questions. I would love the opportunity to invest in your life in this way and share the ways that God has led me through a personal journey for overcoming fear and embracing courageous living. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.